Thank you for joining us for Breakthrough with Pastor Jason Stanford. Breakthrough is a place where you can find community, encounter Jesus, and discover purpose. Please take a moment to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single message. Let's go straight into the service recorded at Breakthrough Church in Cookville, Tennessee. Enjoy. Amen. All right, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Praise the Lord. John chapter 3. We're going to um, talk tonight about death to life. We're just sort of working through some things here. Glory to God. John chapter 3. Death to life. Today we're going to look at, tonight we're going to look at the life of Nicodemus and some things that Jesus says to him in this interaction. Some lessons we learn in this interaction here. Uh, between Jesus and Nicodemus. Death to life. Man, Jesus brings us from death to life. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Well, John chapter 3 in verse number 1 through 3. Let's, let's read here this. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen? Amen. Well, I know we're going to speak on some things tonight about being born again and, and beyond that just... Lessons we learn from this interactions as we keep reading um, in John with Nicodemus here. And so let's believe the Lord, though, that He'll give us every right word to say here. Let's believe for unction utterance. How many know there's still some things we can grab a hold of and grasp and reinforce in our lives? And maybe something the Lord adds to us that we can share to another. He's going to bring us across their path. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, I come to You right now and present myself to You. Father, I ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, to minister the Word. Father, we have come seeking the words of life, the words of heaven, the words of truth. So, Lord, help us to look into Your Word with fresh eyes tonight. I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation be given to each and every person, a hearer of this message. Father, unlock things from the truth of Scripture, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, ask for the grace and anointing to accomplish this work, your work. It is not my work. It is your work, Master. So be glorified in it all. And so, Lord, I ask you to come and move in our midst and give me every right word to speak and to say. Nothing more, nothing less. And we give you all the praise for this now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, here, uh, Jesus, in the beginning parts here of, of his ministry comes across this man named Nicodemus who was a Pharisee and um, a, a member, a ruler of the Jews, Sanhedrin. I mean, he's a person of stature. And they, Nicodemus obviously is open to a degree uh, to the Lord. He believes he came from God, but of course, as you see, as a teacher. But Jesus is going to expound on some things here. And he's going to try to shift Nicodemus from just thinking and believing that he's a teacher sent from God to the one who's been sent from God to die and cause us all to come into to fellowship with the Heavenly Father, that He is the way and the true Son of God, the Messiah. 
And so there are some truths here. And of course, Jesus uses a phrase here that we, I mean, in this verse 3, it is the central tenet and truth. No greater, more important aspect can be told of the gospel story than this, that you must be born again to enter, or in these words, see, but we could also say enter into the kingdom of God. And you might think, well, why, why do we have to be born again? Well, here's, here's the truth. We must be born again because you can be alive physically and dead spiritually all at the same time. We must be born again because we can, believe, we can be alive physically and dead spiritually at the same time. He said, you must be born again. Death, spiritual death, is separ- well, death in general is separation. When someone dies physically, well, that's a separation, isn't it? They're separated from this earth, from this atmosphere. They're not here anymore. Death is separation. Spiritual death is separation from God. Separation from relationship. Separation from connection. Separation from the life that God has. That God is. And Jesus says here, obviously giving great emphasis to this, because He says truly, truly. That word truly, and we would might say like this, it means uh, amen. Honestly, it's a... It's a, it's a um, a play on that word, uh, the word amen. And usually that was a word that would have been used at the end of something that's being said to sort of cause to say this is true, this is firm, this is so, uh, to give agreement to. But here Jesus is saying it on the front end. He's saying truly, truly. In other words, there's emphasis here, right? He is, he is, because he's double speaking here, he's, he's confirming it already on the front end. He's basically saying amen, amen to the front end of what he is saying here, meaning how firm this is. It's, it is something, it's a word that's used to convey certainty. Jesus is saying there, there's no movement in what I'm saying here. There is certainty about what I'm saying here. There is strong certainty about what I'm saying here. Truly, truly. This right here. What I, I know you might question the little things here. No, no, no. Don't question. This is certain. This is firm. This is true. This is, this is it right here. He says, unless a man be born again or born from above. Another way you could say that. He cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. So Jesus is giving great credence to this. But we must be born again because you can be alive physically and dead spiritually all at the same time. And we're going to look at that in a few moments in different scriptures that support that as well. But not to get ahead of myself here, but when we pass from this life, when you breathe your last breath here, you don't cease to, to exist. A person does not cease to exist. In fact, we're created. In fact, everyone exists eternally. Everyone exists eternally. The only thing up for debate, the only thing that's a question is where. But everyone will exist somewhere eternally. With God forever in heaven with Him 
forevermore wherever he is at, ruling and reigning with him, or in hell, separated from him forever and ever and ever. And it'll all be about who we served as master, who we belong to, which kingdom we belong to, and how you come into contact with God and His kingdom is you must be born again. And he's saying this to Nicodemus, a Jew of rank, a Jew of stature. In fact, there would have been a prevailing thought in this day that unless you were just a really horribly bad person, as a Jew, you're going to go and be with God. I mean, you just are. And, and, and there's a lot. A person who his life, obviously dedicated his life, to growth and understanding and living his life in a so-called righteous way, performing the law, obeying the law, perfecting the law, doing all these things. Right now he has risen to a place of authority and prestige with a title. He's a ruler of the Jews. I mean, there's a reason why the Holy Spirit through John gives everything he gives in Scripture. No matter where we're reading it, there's a reason why it's not just Nicodemus. It's Nicodemus who was a Jew. He's not just that, though. He is a ruler of the Jews. He is a place of stature. And there would have been this prevailing thought that I'm going to go to heaven unless I just don't believe anymore. I just, as they would say, felt apostate or uh, I'm just really wicked in all my actions. And Jesus is showing up on the scene and saying, I'm changing the whole paradigm here. I'm changing the whole equation. I'm changing the whole situation here. Uh, You will not see the kingdom of God. That's what he's wanting. That's what he's thinking about. That's where he's going. They believe they're all going to be a part of this kingdom from God. You're not going to get there unless you be born again. Born from above. He says, born from above, born again, which is still a very good way of saying it in a lot of ways, because see what happens is, why why does a person have to be born again or born from above? Because we, we understand, listen, somewhere along the way, you miss it. Somewhere along the way, every one of us, you live long enough upon this earth, you'll make a mistake. You live long enough upon this earth, you will you will fail to keep a principle of God. You will fail to be perfect in some shape, in some way. And if you think, no, not me, well, there you go. You just did it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Because you thought you were him, but you weren't him. Amen. And he is the only perfect one. Glory to God. He's the one. Amen. Jesus that came and never sinned, never missed it, not one moment. Only him, hallelujah, could die for us as a perfect substitute. So somewhere along the way, we make some bad decisions. We use some bad words. We use some bad judgment. We step over the line. We jump over the line. We erase the line. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we just do some things. And what happens is that causes us to be separated from God. It's what happened in the garden. There, God gave a principle. Don't touch. Or, listen, don't partake. Listen, don't you eat of that. And what happened? What happened in the garden? 
He says, don't eat, right? He said, God said to him, don't eat. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. God said about that tree. But we know, I believe in this place, we know that story, right? They did. But what happened when they did that? Because Genesis chapter 3 says it like this, verse 3 says, But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Well, they partake of it, touch it, eat it. Verse number 10, or verse number 8, it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Right there, so key. What, what, what does verse 10 tell us right there? That the nature of the relationship changed between Adam and God. Amen. I heard you. And so I was afraid. Now, they'd never been afraid a moment in their life. What happened, though? They made a mistake. And so now the nature of the relationship changed. There was a separation. There was no longer the same connection. And all of a sudden, the interaction between them was different. This is what happens when you and I make a mistake. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were what? Dead in your trespasses and sins. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as, of, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Even when we were what? Dead. In our transgressions made us alive Together, how? With Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why are we reading these scriptures? Because we're proving the point. You can be alive physically and dead spiritually at the same time. Adam and Eve were dead spiritually. But they are still alive. They didn't cease to exist, did they? No. They're still alive. But they died spiritually. And God had to do something to make that relationship right. And we understand that was a type and a shadow for what he would do through Jesus. Through the shedding of blood and the covering of their sin and what they had done. And here in Ephesians it says we all once were what dead. Well how could we have once been dead and now be alive? He's speaking spiritually. We were separated from God because of our actions, our wrongful actions. But Christ... Oh, hallelujah, made us alive unto him. When, when did that happen? When we got what? Born again. Born again. Born from above, literally it would say. But I think the words born again do make sense because being born again, honestly, it is a rebirth of the human spirit. You have to understand the nature of who you are as a person on this earth. You're more than this flesh, you must be. Because this flesh... It dies out and it decays and becomes nothing. But yet you don't cease to exist, right? But we know from Scripture that man is a spirit. First, five, First Thessalonians 5 and 23, man is a spirit. 
He has a soul, right? Our mind, will, and emotions, how we feel and interact. And we, have, we live in this physical body. The Apostle Paul calls it his earthly tent or tabernacle from which he lives. He even says this. We, we know, again, this isn't all we are because he says there in the Word there, in writing to the Corinthian church, he says the outer man perishes. It, 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 is, it is dying and decaying. But the inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah. Well, that must mean there's separation here. But what happens is, when you and I make a mistake and choose to obey the lust, desire, intentions of our flesh and our mind that are unrenewed before God, then we die spiritually. And now our spirit must be reborn. We must experience a new birth. Yes. Hallelujah. And that's what it means to be born again. Because when you're born on the earth, you don't know right or wrong. You're innocent before God. Someone who's not reached the, uh, a point where they know right or wrong to do right or to do wrong and they just live. Listen, when things tragically happen, they go to be with, with God. Listen, why? They're, they're pure before Him. But we all know at some point we come to an age of accountability. As the Romans, the Paul says it in Romans, right? That it, it, revived, it, it, it came forth in his members and he did what was wrong. And we've all made that moment. We all disobeyed our parents. Somewhere the devil got us. I mean, somewhere sin got us. Somewhere along the way we chose to do wrong, right? They said, don't do this, and we did it. Well, right there, boom, I got you right there. You disobeyed authority. Right there, that, that, did, that did it right there. You know, in Leviticus, interesting enough, this is just a side, I've got to move on, but you know, one of the places in Leviticus, oh, I think it's 21, it says to be holy before the Lord. You know, the very next thing it says, it says be holy before the Lord. The very next thing it says is reverence your father and mother. Right after that. What am I saying? God, authority is a big thing with God. That's why I said if you disobeyed that right there, that's it to him. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, because he's a God of order and authority. And he takes all that very quite seriously. Now that's another message another night. But we see here we must be what? born again. That's why we must be born again. Why? We died spiritually. So now we need our spirits to be reborn, made new, a rebirth. And the reason it's used, born again. Well, a birth speaks to an entrance, doesn't it? When we, somebody, when we say they entered the world, well, how did they enter the world? They were born. Someone gave birth to them, right? We say that in the physical and the natural. Well, the same thing, spiritual. Birth relays an entrance into something. You are born again. This is how you enter the kingdom of God. Unless one, verse number 5, John 3, 5, it says this, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you. See, again, he's emphasizing this is certain. I say to you, unless one is born of water, and the Spirit, he cannot, cannot, cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit. Now that doesn't speak to water baptism. We would know that because one, the thief on the cross, he was with, Jesus said, you're going to be with me in paradise. Well now, they didn't take him down for a temporary moment and put him in water and put him back up there. And it didn't happen. They didn't believe none of this stuff happening anyway. No, but is he, is, he, is he with the Lord now? Oh, absolutely. Glory to God. Hallelujah. No, the born of water, that means the Word. The Word is used throughout Scripture uh, to, to, to display water. Just to give you a couple of little Scriptures here. Ephesians 5.26 says this, So that he might what? Sanctify her, meaning the church. Having cleansed the church, the people of God, by the washing of how? Of water with what? The Word. 
1 Peter 1, 23, just as a reference for you. For you have been what? Born again. There's that phrase again. Not of seed which is perishable, but of imperishable. That is what? Through the living and enduring what? Word of God. That's how you and I are born again. Glory be to God. We're remade. Brand new. Listen, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Because you, you, you went to church 1,242 times and that was the magic number. And it got you over the line. You cannot get born. You cannot enter the kingdom of God because everybody said that you were a good person. You cannot get into the kingdom of God because you spent your life doing good works. Although I think you should spend your life doing good works. We're prepared, the Bible says in Ephesians. We didn't keep reading right there in that passage of Ephesians. But it says, it goes on to say we've been saved by grace. But we've been prepared to walk in good works. So that's part of it. Glory to be God. That's a, that, but that is, that is the fruit of being born again. Good work should be the fruit of being born again. But that's not how you enter the kingdom of God. And he's saying this to Nicodemus, a person that thinks, I'm keeping the law. I'm doing all these things. Now, Nicodemus, that ship sailed a long time ago, friend. Whether you think so or not, you to be born again, you're going to have to believe on me. We didn't get there and we re read this, but go all keep reading there in John 3. And he talks about how he's the son of God and he's going to be lifted up. Just like Moses lifted up the serpent and all that believe in him will have eternal life. And then, of course, we go into a very well-known scripture of John 3, 16. He's telling Nicodemus, Nicodemus, the only way you can be born again is not by the righteousness of your personal living. It's not by the amount of good that you've done. There isn't some, there isn't enough that you, you can never be good enough to get to heaven. You have to come to a place where you believe upon me. You have to believe, you have to come to a place where you have faith in who I am. So he's challenging Nicodemus in some ways. What did Nicodemus need to do to be born again? What do you and I need to do to progress spiritually in life? John chapter 3 Verse number four, Nicodemus said to him, How could a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and, can, and be born, can he? Skip down to verse number nine. He says this, Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Here's a truth. What prevents people from being born again? Well, here's something they have to do to be born again. You have to be willing to embrace truth you haven't known before. For someone to become born again, listen, they have to be willing to embrace truth you haven't known before. You have to be willing to believe something. That's true for us even if we want to spiritually grow and mature. We have to be willing to embrace truth that you haven't known before. If you want to receive from the kingdom of God, you want to receive from Jesus, you have to be willing to embrace truth that you may not have known before or been exposed to before or heard before. And here is something that Nicodemus has never heard before. No, 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 no. What in the world? You're telling me I've got to be born again? How in the world can that happen? And you're telling me, listen, we got to believe on you and you're going to be lifted up and all these kind of, whoa, whoa, whoa. But see, Nicodemus, you've got to be willing to embrace truth that you haven't known before. He, he is a man. What's he say, what he's saying is, Nicodemus, you've got to be teachable. He is a ruler. Again, he has status. He has position. He has title. He has rank. 
He has clout. And he's saying to him, listen, I need you to lay aside everything you have known to embrace now truth that's before you that you have never known to receive him. He's, He's asking something of them. And for someone to come to faith in Christ and they get exposed to the gospel message. You know, they say that it takes six, seven times, I think it's seven times, six, seven times exposures in someone's life. I don't know if there's recent metrics that are something different, but the last time that I had read this, before someone comes to Christ Jesus, before someone gets saved, before they come to faith, somewhere along the way they've had six or seven exposures of who Jesus is. Now, whether that's being in a church service and heard the gospel preached, whether that is someone at their work just prayed for them or spoke Jesus to them, somewhere there was a touch, if you will, somewhere along the way, great or large, doesn't necessarily mean they went to church that meantime, but somewhere along the way, there was interactions with someone of faith, right, that nudged them farther to Christ. I believe one of the reasons why that is is because along the way, every time they're getting a little closer to being willing to embrace a truth that they had never believed before or known before. And it takes that for a moment to just sort of keep putting that in them. Keep, put, keep letting that seed of the Word work in them. And the Holy Spirit working on them to get them to a place where they're fully embraced and say, Yeah, I do need Jesus. He is the way for life. I can't get where I want to go just on my own. We have to be teachable. We have to be willing to let go of what we used to believe to embrace what we need to believe. There's a lot of things that Nicodemus believed, but Jesus is totally showing up and showing up now and totally upending his theology. But we have to be teachable to be taught. See, Nicodemus, he believed it came from God. He even said, as a teacher. But Jesus is challenging him to see him as so much more than just a teacher. And Nicodemus had to be willing to believe that he was more than a teacher to be able to ever enter into the kingdom of God. Here's another truth. What was Nicodemus being challenged? Going from death to life. Three, you can't think carnally and receive spiritually. You can't think carnally and receive spiritually. Boy, I have a lot left here. You can't think carnally and receive spiritually. Now, when Jesus says this truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a man be born again, born from above, he cannot see or enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Well, how in the world could that be? I mean, is a man supposed to enter his mother and mother's womb and be born a second time? I mean... What's going on? What's he doing? Natural, natural, natural. Jesus says it to him again. He, he, he says something to him again. And, and, and then in verse number 9, he says again, how can these things be? How could this possibly happen? How great is this? What's happening? Nicodemus is thinking currently. He is trying to arrive at a, he, he's trying to arrive at the right conclusion, thinking, uh, thinking naturally about a spiritual issue. And that can't happen. You can't think carnally and receive spiritually. And we try to do that in our lives. If we're not careful with our thought life, one of the reasons why we don't receive as much from the Word as we should. Listen, we can't think carnally and receive spiritually. 
And, and our thoughts, it's like being that radio dial sometimes, you know, and, and, and you might have it uh, on, on uh, whatever, 100.1, if that's a channel, whatever, 100.1, I have no idea if that's a channel or not, but uh, maybe that's just static, but 100.1, let's just say, and you know what, that's what your mind is on, that's what you're tuned into, that's just what it is, and then all of a sudden you're going to turn it over to 90.5 or turn it over something, and that's the channel that God, the Lord is speaking through. You know, there's a frequency right there, and now your thoughts are going that direction, your mind is on Him, and you'll listen, you'll always receive from that which your mind is put upon. You're feeding yourself from. Oh, there's so many scriptures here in Romans. Romans 8, 5, and 6, just drop this down as, as knowledge, but there's some other places we, we won't get to here. But we can still make the point here. For those who are according to the flesh set, set, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind what set on the flesh, directed toward the flesh, focus on the flesh, is what? Death. That's the outcome. That's what it receives. But the mind that's set or focused or directed on the Spirit, what does it bring? Life and peace. You can't think carnally and receive spiritually. It was one of the challenges that the Apostle Paul had uh, with the Corinthian church. In 1 Corinthians 2 and in 3, we see that he was, we, we learn that he was actually trying to communicate deeper, more spiritual truths to them. The problem was he, he said to them in 1 Corinthians 2 that, that the natural mind cannot receive the things of God, the things of the Spirit. Why? They're spiritually discerned. Yeah, the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they're what foolishness to him. He cannot what, understand them because they are what spiritually appraised or discerned. He can't think carnally and receive spiritually. He's saying, Nicodemus, you, gotta, you, can't, you can't think in this frame. Got to think spiritually. Amen? Thank God Jesus brings us from death to life. And how do we help people go from death to life? Why does it tell them, listen, I know you do this. I know you do that. I, I know you give. I know you, I know you go to church Easter and Christmas. I, I know you go to church maybe more than that. But do you have a relationship with Jesus? Have you believed upon Him? What keeps, you, what keeps a person from it? They've got to be willing to embrace truth they haven't known before. It's about faith. At somewhere, it goes beyond reason, and it must be faith. Hallelujah. Same with me, if you will. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Please take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe. This helps us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and ensures you will never miss a message. For more information on Breakthrough Church, please check us out on Facebook or email us at info at findbreakthrough.com. Breakthrough is located at 480 Old Kentucky Road in Cookville, Tennessee, and we would love for you to join us in person. Services are at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings and 6.30 Wednesday nights. We offer ministry for all ages and look forward to seeing you soon.